Welcome to the Village Fitness Podcast, where we talk about health, fitness, and living a big life in a small town. Hey, welcome back to the Village Fitness Show. I've got my first guest of the Village Fitness Podcast here sitting across in studio live is none other than the one, the only, the incomparable Titus Von Titus. How are you doing today, Titus? I'm doing good. Happy to be here in the Village. It's awesome. We are in the Village of Glen Ellen, Illinois. Um, Titus is a regular at my gym, and we thought it would be a good idea to get him on for our first interview. Uh, so what we're going to go over today is um, a little bit of introduction. We're just going to talk about uh, what fitness is like uh, for someone like Titus. Um, give us a little bit of your background. Titus, just talk a little bit about uh, both like your just overall background in your life, how you got here, but then also uh, your athletic background. Since this is a fitness show, we're trying to kind of dissect what successful fitness people do. All right. Well, I've, uh, I'm 57 years old. Uh, I've worked for the same company for over 40 years. Uh, I've learned a lot in my work life uh, and my personal life um, as a product of the 60s. Um, I've played all sorts of sports growing up. I played basketball, football, soccer. I ran track. Baseball was really my passion. Um, and so I've, and I've always worked out. Um, but when I found CrossFit about nine, 10 years ago, it, uh, it kind of changed things. It helped me compete. You know, I wasn't able to necessarily compete in, in all the sports I wanted to, but uh, CrossFit's helped me uh, keep that level of competition uh, in, in later years and later decades of my life. Nice. And what level uh, would you say that you got to in your athletic background before CrossFit? You know, um, just college, pro, semi-pro, where'd you, where'd you end up? No, I was, a, I was a good athlete, but I was never um, uh, the top tier. Uh, and part of that was I think I didn't stick with certain uh, endeavors as long enough uh, to give myself a chance. Um, so I, it was one of those, I think a lot of us think I could have been, um, but, um, I was a, I was a good athlete in high school, uh, college age, you know, like I said, baseball was my real passion. So I've, I've been able to stick with, um, after baseball, play softball for, for years and years. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, and then CrossFit uh, became my athletic endeavor that I really enjoy. And what, position did you play in baseball? I played everywhere, but I was really a middle infielder, shortstop, second base. Shortstop was my place. Nice. Uh, and how, how is this background, this athletic background, which multi-sport, tons of different exposure and variety all the way through your schooling and then beyond into playing like rec leagues and uh, softball and all that type of stuff. How has that impacted and affected your CrossFit training? Well, I've been a competitive person all my life, um, but I've also, I think what this has taught me is to be realistic. I think sometimes as you're growing up, you, you think about, you have these big dreams, and, and you, you have to have dreams, um, but I've also been able to balance later in life uh, the competitive environment with my real, realistic, uh, with reality, and uh, you have to understand in, in CrossFit, as in any athletic endeavor, you have to work on your strengths, continue to strengthen your strengths, but also work on your weaknesses, which this has really taught me. Nice. That's something that I enjoy diving into with individuals as well as just talking about in kind of the kind of the world of the forms where it's a higher level thinking about when do you go all in on a strength and when do you try and 
uh, shore up your weaknesses. And, and that sounds like it's something that you try and do is get strong at what you're already strong with and make sure that you don't suck at some of the <laughs> stuff that you really, really suck at. Yeah, it's um, it's hard and it's frustrating too because there are certain things that uh, certain thresholds I just can't break through, and and you got to remain realistic, but then you continue to push. Uh, there are certain things, I, certain disciplines, uh, certain activities I try to do, but I, I still have not been able to break through. And uh, but I, with with coaching, uh, with diligence, uh, you get better. What's well, like a concrete example for people? Like what a couple? couple either disciplines like an area or like a movement uh movements i would say that really pissed me off that i haven't been able to master muscle ups <laughs> ring muscle ups and pistols i just, i can do a lot of other things my, my body moves pretty well but those are two things that just are not i just have not mastered and i'm sure that a lot of people uh relate to that struggle yeah. of just on the edge of your first muscle up of just building up to it and then just a random why can't you do the pistols well there's really no reason we yeah. can't do pistols and what I've also found is they're they're evasive <laughs> they elude you because I've done muscle ups I've right. done pistols but they're just they're inconsistent right uh, it's not like a, a video game where you unlock it and then you just have it forever you yeah. can get there and then it goes away I think it's like double unders for a lot of people right some on days, off again. some days you're on some days you're off and it's like my golf really off it's like my golf swing <laughs> right uh, so what um we talked a little bit on during the intro, just uh, I mentioned like we're in Glen Ellen, Illinois. Uh, part of the theme of this show is that we're based around being local, uh, local fitness. Big life, small town is kind of our tagline. Uh, what made you choose Glen Ellen when you were moving around? I know you've moved a lot in your life. Uh, can you just talk about why you chose uh, a place that identifies itself as a village? Um, yeah, just why, why, why choose Glen Ellen? Well, a couple of things. We lived in, uh, we lived here in the Chicago area back in the late 90s, and we lived in Wheaton. And uh, before moving to Seattle, we were there for about 12 years, and then moved back here. Uh, what we were looking for is something a little different, something different than the urban sprawl, uh, more of a community. And, you know, one of the things that we know every village has an idiot, and one of the goals was to try and find who that was. We haven't been able to find out who that was, but... Um, Glen Ellen is more of a of a community rather than just suburban sprawl, and that's what we were looking for. And we've we've been here for the last eight, almost nine years, and uh, have really enjoyed it. And and that's one of the things that's great about the gym is it really fits in well with the community. The gym's a community, and we really like the Glen Ellen as a community as well. Awesome. So the gym, uh, CrossFit Glen Ellen, Strongbox Fitness, that's the same place. Um, we just got done with the CrossFit Open, uh, which is uh, five-week online competition uh, that gets run in CrossFit gyms all over the world as a qualifier for the higher levels. And before that, you qualified for, or like in title, qualified for a earn-your-way-into-it competition down in Georgia called the Master of the Masters. So that's two competitions within eight weeks. Right? One of them right. stretched for five weeks. Right. So I want to talk about competing at 57 and being on point, caring about your performance. Um, so let's start with the Master of the Masters. Uh, can you just tell us what that experience was like traveling down, f traveling for a competition, which is something that a lot of people in, you know, once they age out of 
college sports don't get to do anymore. Yeah, this uh, CrossFit's allowed me to do a lot of things I I really relished and I wanted to participate in. And and now something like Masters of the Masters or the Open has really given a kind of a platform for for athletes to be able to compete. Uh, traveling for it was it was a really cool experience. I've done a lot of competitions local, but nothing that I've had to travel for and, and compete. I've gone to some, but competing in them is, is really different. You prepare and you, you plan differently. Um, and it was a, a really cool experience. Um, I competed in, uh, in the 55 to 59 division. Um, and uh, preparing for it and with the eye on the open was interesting trying to balance because we knew what the... the, uh, the um, workouts were going to be going into the Masters of the Masters. Um, we didn't know what we were getting, getting into for the Open, but we had an idea. But it gave us a, about four weeks to prepare for the Masters of the Masters. And, and it was really cool because there were three of us from our gym going down to compete in this in this Invitational. And so we got to work together uh, for weeks, push each other, challenge each other, and then travel together um, it was just uh, it was just a neat experience. We all came out of there, I think, a lot better um, mentally and physically. Um, we didn't, uh, unfortunately, we didn't podium, but uh, but we all did better than I think we ever would have. And we came out of there more prepared to compete in the Open, um, which this year in the Open I finished better than I have in the last three years uh, worldwide. That's fantastic, and you had a workout where you finish in the top 100. Yeah, 66 in the world in uh, 19.3. Pretty fantastic. Not for what, me. What was that workout for people who don't know what it was? 19.3 was uh, overhead uh, walking lunge, single arm right. overhead walking lunges. It was uh, step-ups with the same weight onto a box. Box step-ups, handstand push-ups, uh, 50 handstand push-ups. And then uh, handstand walks, which were, if you see a video of my handstand walks, it is not what you aspire to do. Truly stunning. <laughs> but you know what? You do what I, you have to do. I got two lengths. I got 10 feet, uh, which which actually, I think, put me about 200 spots ahead of somebody who didn't have... A big log jam yeah. uh, there. Did it remind you of uh, sliding headfirst into home plate at any point? Unfortunately, very yeah. similar. Without, I didn't bleed, but I bruised. <laughs> <laughs> that that was awesome. That's awesome to get to see. For <laughs> over fifty years old to kick upside down and then push their head into the ground and then up again. So uh, something that is previously unfathomable, maybe ten years ago, we're just like, just save this for the young bucks and the people on the. Uh, in the Olympics, doing their handstands and handstand push-ups. It's just kind of fun. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because this is my third year in this age group. And in in the last two years, the two years previous to this, we didn't get to do certain things like that, like handstand push-ups. And I really wish we had because I think it's a separator. Uh, So it was really neat to be able to see that in this year's Open. And I think it separated a lot of different people. Um, You know, I've, I've... competed in the open six years my and there's not uh, i'm the only one in our in our gym that competes at this age group so it's but it's really neat because i i work out with everybody that's younger than with than me but i get to compete 
in the AARXP division, <laughs> right. which is what we like to call it. Um, but uh, but it, it, it really changes the game. So the more I can work out with the 20, 30, 40-year-olds, um, the better I get. And I think the more I can compete. The other coaches and I talk about this uh, and about how important it is to have a rabbit. We use the, the, the metaphor of a rabbit to chase uh, like dogs on a track. It's, and if you're in an environment that expects more from you and doesn't treat you differently um, and doesn't uh, lower the bar for success, then you just kind of sink into that mode. And that comes with good and bad things. The, the good parts is that your expectations for yourself, right? Like you're going to do the workout RX, if at all possible. Correct. RX is just as prescribed. It's the dose that we have people try to aspire to. And I have mixed feelings about RX as a principle, but at the same time, the good that comes with it is you don't even think twice about loading up a weight that all of the like early thirties guys are doing at the gym. Yeah, I, I, I have my limitations and I know that I'm, and, and that's one of the things I've realized as, as the years, as the clock ticks, um, that I'm, I'm probably not going to be, well, no, not probably, I'm not going to be as strong as some of the younger guys, but I can compete in other areas. Um, I may not be able to lift the same, but in the workouts, I have to keep it realistic that if there are certain weights that I cannot move as, as, as quickly or as efficiently as others, it just may take me a little longer. And that's something that in my thirties, I didn't understand in my forties. I didn't, but I've, I have later in life, but I can also compete in other things that, that, um, in, in body weight movements and things like handstand push-ups and push-ups and pull-ups, I can stay pretty up to level yeah. with the, with the young guys. Yeah. Uh, we would call that like what your essence is and like getting strong at your strengths, right? So like right. you're good at handstand push-ups, like super good. Like I think you have the top, I think Steve has it and then. J, top JT time, which is 45 handstand push-ups, and then 90 other pressing movements. Yeah. It's just an agonist pressing nightmare. Um, so, like, keeping up and, well, making other uh, younger guys keep up with you, it's got to be one of the great joys. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it can be frustrating for them, too, but it's motivating. I think it's motivating. For sure. And so for people who are looking to stay fit at, uh, at and beyond 50... Uh, what advice would you give them? Uh, maybe some of the stuff that you do is really good. Maybe some of the stuff that you didn't do until recently. Uh, what what would, advice would you give for people who are looking uh, at, looking down the barrel? <laughs> the, by the way, the barrel is coming. Uh, <laughs> um, I think a couple things. Uh, know your limitations, and and those are things that there's sometimes more difficult lessons to learn. Sometimes you learn them the hard way, uh, what your limitations are. But I think you've got to always continue to find ways to compete, but not expose yourself to hurting yourself. Because it, I will tell you one thing, that if you do hurt yourself, it takes longer to recover at, uh, when you're over 50. Um, I know I'm not 30, um, but there are some things that I feel like I, like I said earlier, that I, I can do and I can compete, which makes you feel really good. You, you pick your spots. Um, Another bit of advice is have something to work toward. Um, I, I always feel better when I'm working towards something. And whether it's the, the CrossFit Open or whether it's a competition that's coming up, uh, you're going to do a, 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 an obstacle race uh, or just vacation. 
um, have something to work toward uh, to help you look good and to feel good. Um, <clears throat> I think you have to have balance. Um, balance in, 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 your, in your life. So some of the things that I've really changed as I've gotten a little bit older have been the way I eat, what I eat, how much I eat, how much I sleep, um, and the type of nutrition. Um, you got to make that stuff a priority. And a lot of people say, well, I can't change this, or I can't do without cheese, or I can't do without bread, or I love lasagna. Well, you know what? If you, You've got to make choices, and it's really not that difficult to stay disciplined. Um, one of the other things I've, I've learned just over the last few years is it's okay to rest. I, and I... I always thought... Say it ain't so. Yeah. I've always thought, well, if I take a day off, you know, there's no... You can't rest. You, you have to rest. And so there are a lot of distractions. When you get into your, you know, I guess, 30s, 40s, and even 50s, as you're looking towards towards retirement, um, you, you gotta have to, you're going to have to plan things out a little bit better. And uh, you know, some people travel for work. Uh, some people, I mean, when you travel, it's really difficult to get enough rest, to eat properly. Um, but you you have to make it a priority to be able to do that. And, and so just a, the last three years or so, I've actually changed. I used to find gyms every time I'd, work, I'd, I'd travel. I'd find a gym to work out in. Now I use my travel days as my rest days. So that's uh, that's changed. And, and so you have to have a challenge or you have to have a balance of, of work and rest because it helps Helps you with uh, relieve that stress, and, and then and how much do you travel? Because people who do like one trip a month might be like, "Cool, so I work out for twenty eight days and take two no. and the rest." I I travel two to three days a week, every week right. for my job, and so you have to understand. I'm in, I'm in rental cars, I'm in hotels, I'm in planes, I'm with a lot of different people. So that that rest is really important. That it yeah. helps you de stress. Oh, well, it does for me anyway, and decompress. And the last thing I, I think my bit of advice is to have fun. Um, it's you've got to find <laughs> your your happy place, um, but but work working out and 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 fitness has got to be part of your life and help you um, contribute to a better life rather than just being one thing. You can, you can bet you can use this to help your personal life and your professional life. So that's my advice. Yeah. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you do, um, while you travel, uh, to rest or is it just not working out? Uh, are there things that you do take with you? Like you have like a survival kit type of thing that you truck around? Yeah, I, I pack my, my vitamins on my trips. I take my, uh, apple cider vinegar. You take Um, that in the morning, empty stomach morning. And usually it helps me sleep too. I take some at night as well. Um, I, I take uh, resistance bands, so I mobilize. And uh, my coach, hello, who's sitting across from me, um, gives me a um, uh, workouts to do because he understands what what my capacity is and what I can do, and and he also understands my my workouts going into my travel and coming out of my travel. So he gives me different things to to mobilize uh, or to keep myself moving because it's not when I talk about rest, it's not about immobile immobility. It's not about being static. You got to continue to move. So I move every day. Yeah. And static is a is a good word to describe what most people think about when they have a misconception about rest. Um, being in motion doesn't mean you're training, right? So like accumulating 
movement throughout the day in the form of mobilizations, walking, stretching, getting sunshine, especially if you can. Uh, today it's snowing outside yeah. and it's, we're not happy about that. No. But uh, making sure that you're resting smart is a, is a big deal uh, and something that like you've developed over, over time on the road and just as an athlete, you know what your body needs. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, the mobility is, a, is an interesting part of it because I, I, like if I'm going to sit down in a hotel room, I'm going to usually spend about 10 minutes in a squat. Um, or I'll just use the resistance bands to do some good mornings or floss out my hamstrings. Um, but the other thing I do when I'm, when I'm resting, I use that as a time to get even more sleep. I usually sleep very well, um, seven, eight, nine hours on the weekends. But when I, when I travel, uh, I get eight, eight to nine hours of sleep, um, because I, I, I usually don't have to drive between, um, places I'm visiting in the morning so I can, uh, I can sleep in a little bit longer. That's awesome. And probably something that's not very common among people who travel. Uh, so other examples of like stuff that you do differently now than you might've in your thirties, forties, etc. So other examples, a great example of like, I take more rest. I don't find gyms, uh, when I'm traveling as much to train and keep the training train going. Uh, what are some other things you mentioned nutrition? Uh, what are some of the concrete changes that you made to your to your diet over the past couple of years? Well, <laughs> that's an in- interesting question because it's um, there's some tough things when you're talking about diet. Th- those are things people usually eat or drink what they like, right? And not necessarily what's best for them. And so I've had to make some really difficult choices. I I've got uh, I had severe acid reflux um, for several years, and I didn't understand what it was, so I took over-the-counter medicine for it. And then I realized, my wife helped me with this, and my kids did too, uh, that I probably had some food allergies and realized I had food allergies, which was causing this. So I've I've had to take certain things out of my diet. That was a start and made me realize that what you put into your body is really going to help you get more out of your, your performance. And, uh, but, but as I've, as I've gotten into my, really 50 was the, was the game changer I realized I had to reduce, you know, because I'd have a beer every night or a couple glasses of wine, and I'd eat pastas and breads and I've and potatoes. I've really cut out a lot of the starches. I, I drink water, a lot of water. I eat my starches earlier in the day. Now, this just works for me. This is not for everybody, but I eat a lot more protein, vegetables, and I do very, I try to eat, I try not to eat late. Uh, and I don't eat starches later in the day, which really helps has changed my helped change my body comp- composition. That's awesome. And just for the record, have you counted any macros? Never. <laughs> I, I, I probably should. This is a, no. This is a personal axe to grind. Uh, yeah, for me, I probably should. But I think I feel like I'm. I know my body pretty well, and I have a pretty good idea without having to weigh uh, things or counting. Um, at this point, I've, I've, I think I have enough experience to understand how things are going to affect my body. So I, I haven't, I, I maybe probably should. <laughs> For people who aren't watching the video podcast, which is everyone, we're not recording this on video. Uh, <laughs> Titus does have his shirt on, but that's not a very common no. occurrence in the gym. It's usually shirt off and no one, no one complains. <laughs> except, except in the grocery store. That's the, that's yeah, the that's. People usually 
<laughs> less kindly on that in public. That's great. So this is something that I really enjoy asking everyone who has uh, achieved a, a level of fitness success that people would look up to uh, and try and aspire to. And that is, what are some things that you do that other people might find difficult, more challenging? Uh, what are your superpowers, things that you find easy, or even things that you find tolerable that you see a lot of people get hung up on? I don't know if I have any, what you would, well, I think your definition of superpowers, my definition might be a little bit different, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, my wife and my kids um, are, they prioritize health and fitness. And I think that just started with uh, my wife and I bringing our kids up the right way to be active, uh, to be fit, uh, to eat right, and uh, to make that part of life. And that may be tough for some people because that's a change in their life rather than just a way of life. So I'm fortunate that I guess if it's if my if I had to define what my superpowers were, I think it would be dedication and discipline. Um, I'm I'm pretty tough mentally, um, and and I, I think that's allowed me to say yeah, I can I don't need to have that or I don't need to have that. And when I talk to people and they say, oh I could could I can't cut out cheese. Like you could if it made you sick, right. or or oh I couldn't get up that early to work out. Well, you can if that's the only time you have to work out. Like it's easy to take days off, and and we all all need to. But there's a certain level of dedication and discipline you have to have to be able to say yes to certain things. I've got to do this, or I'm going to have to leave that out. So, I guess if those are my superpowers, it would be dedication um, and discipline. What. What taught that to you? Where did you develop dedication and discipline? Uh, I, I think it was partly, it's, it's part of um, my, my upbringing. But then I think a lot of it has to do with my work and then wanting to set a good example for people at work and for my family, my kids and my, and my wife. Um, I feel like if, I, if I'm setting a good example, others will follow that without me saying you have to do this. But if people see an example of something and say, well, I want to, I want to be like that when I'm older. I want to be like that. Or I want to, I want to have a job like that. Or I want to drive a car like that or whatever it is. Uh, or, you know, even people in the gym saying, when I'm your age, I want to be as strong or I want to be as fit or I want to be able to do what you do. And, and you don't have to tell them, okay, well then do this, this, and this. You just do it by setting the example. So next we're going to do a couple rapid fire questions okay. and we'll wrap up with a, uh, a little bit deeper one to kind of leave a, leave a kind of closing note. Uh, so the first rapid fire question that I love asking people is what was the last good book that you read? Ooh, last good book. I read a lot of books. I've always got something going. It's usually two, but I'll give you, I'll give you two if you don't mind. Sure thing. Okay. Cause they're both, they're very, very different. I yeah. like, I like reading, uh, books about presidents. I like self-help books. I like. Um, business books, but uh, I recently read Grit by Angela Duckworth. It's a um, it's a terrific book about um, I guess personal and professional toughness, uh, and I think it's, it really helped me learn a lot. It uses examples of different areas of life that I'm just not used to, whether it's you know Olympic athletes or musicians or writers or architects, whatever it is, they're just really interesting uh, people and different experiences about, about how being, being tougher and being gritty. Uh, that was one. And then the other one I read recently 
was uh, John McCain's book, Faith of Our Fathers. Yeah. It's a, it really is a family history of the last three generations of McCain's. Um, and I, I, you know, my, my, I, my grandfather and my father were both in the military and I, I was, I never served in the military, but I was always been, I've always been interested by, by the military and what it would be like if I was in the military as well. And, and so I've always been intrigued by that. And reading uh, John McCain's book was really interesting about about uh, the way the military life contributes to our life in America um, and the freedoms we have and what people have had to sacrifice. So I, th- I thought it was really, uh, those were really interesting uh, and fascinating books. Awesome. Uh, what is something, next question is, what is something that you do every day that is essential to you having a successful day? Um. Look, there are uh, there are better days and there are worse days, but I don't think there are bad days. And I think to me, I think you got to. And this may sound a little bit cliche, but I think you got to get up with a good attitude and realize that any day you get up is a good day. So there are there are crappy things that happen every day. You can have good days and bad days, but I, I honestly don't have bad days, and they're really kind of what you make them. So I just I I work hard every day. I want to make sure that you know I don't. I'm usually in a pretty good mood, and I don't want people to to ever wonder. Okay, what kind of a what kind of a mood is Titus going to be in? What you know, what's what's it going to be like? I'm pretty consistent in that way. That's cool. Okay, uh, and then uh, who is someone that you would want to interview uh, or share a beer or coffee with? Who would you want to chat with uh, if you had access to anyone who's alive right now, or like like recently? Recently, well, just don't, don't go back like no too far. I, 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 I there's a couple people. I think about that word interview, and I I think that's more a. I mean, like to me, you're not interviewing me. We're just having a chat, and and that's what I prefer. I prefer to sit down and have a beer with a couple different people. Um, first of all, I I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. I would love to sit down with Russell Wilson to try. And get, he is so disciplined and so dedicated. He yeah. is a hardworking guy, but he doesn't let himself. Kind of get out of his robotic mode. God, he's such a boring interview. <laughs> so I would love to just sit down with him and have a beer and just find out what the real Russell Wilson is Fly like. Fly him with liquor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he probably wouldn't have a drink. Uh, uh, right. The other, like, no, just a uh, just one glass of tequila. So okay, that's one. Second one, and this is not a political statement at all, but I'd love to talk to Donald Trump. Sure. Just one on one, just to find out what the hell is going on. <laughs> get a beat on him. Just yeah. And and then and then the third person I would love to just talk to is is uh, my boss who just passed away mm-hmm. in January, um, and the reason I say that is because he was he was a great man and uh, unfortunately he he was uh, he passed away too early in life and I just wish I had one more opportunity to talk with him. Yeah, that's it. And he was he was his name Blake Nordstrom. Blake Nordstrom. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be. It's always. Like I think the top of everyone's list would be someone that was recently deceased and they would like to chat just, with again. Just one more. Just, just one, one more. Ten more minutes yeah. just to chat. Awesome. So last question of the day uh, and constructed this one for uh, anticipating the uh, follow-up questions that are sure to come after this episode airs. Um, and as the, so as the de facto and an aspirational adopted dad uh, of the gym... Strong Fitness or CrossFit Fit Owen. 
what is uh, non-fitness related advice that you would give to people who look up to you as an example? I'm asking this both as a, an interviewer knowing who, uh, knowing that there are going to be follow-up questions and people who want to ask you things and also uh, as a son who has, this is my dad, Titus is my dad, who has uh, elegantly contrived uh, an interview format to, to get answers out of you. Not that, <laughs> not that you're withholding them at any other point, but it's just like, ah, oh, cool, He's, now you've got to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I am the interviewer. Yeah, our, voice, our, our voices may be difficult to tell apart. Yeah. I haven't haven't listened back to it yet. We'll see. Well, um, all right. So advice, non fitness advice. Um, all right. So I, and I think I think fitness advice and life advice are it's kind of one of the same. Right? You do and use I, sports metaphors a lot. I do. Um, so I would say that um, work to live. Uh, don't live to work. Um, I think you have to have a really great work-life balance and make sure one supports the other. Um, I think sometimes people get that confused, and I did early on in life. I, I worked way too much. I missed out on a lot of things uh, that I wish I had taken time for, and I think you can do that. Uh, I think the last couple decades, uh, in the last 10 years um, mostly, I think people are more understanding of work-life balance um, and, and I wish I could kind of wind back the clock and have, have some of those years back. Um, I will also say that understand that the clock is ticking and the later on in life it gets, the clock seems, I know it doesn't, but it seems to move faster. So have a plan, um, you know, at, at 50, at 60, where you want to be when you're 50 or you're 60 years old or when you want to retire. I remember when I was 30 years old, my wife and I, were, Carmen and I were sitting down and said, all right, we were 30. And I said, I think I figured out when I would want to retire. She's like, when do you want to retire? And I told her, she's like, okay, so why are you telling me this? That's because we got to start planning today. And I want to, I, I want to work backward from there. So where do I have to be when I'm 60? Where do I have to be when I'm 50? Where do I have to be when I'm 40? And it, to me, it has, it's kind of like, like working out. Have something to work for, whether it's the open or it's a competition or it's you're going to go on vacation, you just want to look good in a, in a swimsuit. It's the same thing. I want to retire young enough where I can do a lot of the things I wanted. I'm still mobile. I'm still active. And then I can have another life after work. Yeah, but you have to have a plan to do that because this life will sneak up on you. Um, I would also say focus on others more than yourself focus less on you than on your others uh, then <laughs> let's start that over focus less on yourself and more on others and i think you win twice hmm. uh, that's kind of our philosophy at where i work is it's an inverted pyramid and that the, we support people in, in leadership roles support the people above us and, and it's really held true. I think sometimes, again, it's one of those things people are, oh, you say that, but can you really do it? You, if you really do, you'll have a really fulfilling life, and the people that you are around will be better as well. Um, I think this goes, goes along with that, which is the next thing, is try to make people feel good. Um, you know, I think there's a line that says, people will forget what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. If we try to make people feel good, the people around us feel welcome and feel good, I think you'll be better. 
Um, but be genuine. Be yourself. Not, don't be who you think people want you to be, but be genuine. Be yourself. And the last thing I would say is um, don't take yourself so seriously. Have fun. And this should be fun. Life should be fun. And uh, it's if you, if you go out trying to be too serious, you're going to lose a lot of the great things in life, man. I like to laugh. Um, and it's one of those things we were talking about this recently. My wife and I were talking about this recently that uh, I think later on in life, people lose their sense of humor. Hmm. Um, and I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe it's, <laughs> they're just not as quick. They lose their wit. They lose their sarcasm. And to me, sarcasm is one of the greatest forms of humor. Um, and I, I love to laugh and I love being around people that like to have a good time. So don't be so damn serious and yeah. enjoy yourself. And others will enjoy themselves and enjoy you too. That's great. I think that's a great place to end. Good. Well, thank you to Titus Von Titus for coming on the show today. I wrangled him into it. Uh, we will see you next time.